This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi and welcome to the show. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to create an effective content strategy for your pet business. And I'm going to give you three steps to follow if you want to create content on your pet business website that's going to be effective and that's going to help you make more sales in your pet business. So that is whether you have a product business, whether you're selling products for pet owners, or whether you have a service business where you are providing a service. So dog walking, cat grooming, that kind of thing. Um, Now, the reason why I decided to do this podcast episode is because I had a conversation last week with a lady and it was on one of my one-to-ones that I do. Um, This lady had booked some time with me because she wanted to work on her content on her website and we had this fascinating conversation um, where we were talking about different ideas for her content um, and we were talking about how to create content on her website that would help her get found when people were going to Google and searching for the problem that her product solves. So it was really interesting because we were talking about what what was already on her website and it was a mix of different things that would be of interest to pet owners but that weren't directly addressing the problem that her product solves. And we were chatting and I was explaining what ideas would be really helpful and that would bring people to her website when they were making these searches. And she said to me, she said, you know what, I've never looked at never looked at content like this. I've always looked at content and thought that it's something that you have on your blog, um, on your website for people to read when they come along and they're, you know, they're looking for your product. And she said, a bit like when you're in the doctor's or the dentist, you read the magazines in the waiting room, don't you? And then you go in and you have your teeth checked or you go in and chat to the doctor. Now, the magazines that you might read at the doctor or dentist, obviously pre-COVID, now you don't have magazines anymore, do you? Because of um, of all of the protocols that we have in place. But traditionally, you go in the doctor's and the dentist and you might read Woman's Own, you might read like Lancashire Life, you might read all kinds of different magazines, but they wouldn't have anything to do with why you were in that place. They wouldn't be anything, they wouldn't have anything to do with being ill or with being having your teeth fixed or having a problem with your teeth or having braces or veneers or whatever you're in the dentist for. They were completely off topic. And she was saying that, you know, I thought that we'd just write about things that, you know, that pet owners might be interested in, but weren't anything to do with the product. And we had this light bulb moment and it was really good. And I went away absolutely, um, I couldn't stop thinking about it all weekend. I wrote about it on Instagram um, and I thought I'd turn it into a podcast because it's all about finding Um, creating an effective content strategy for your pet business, not just writing about anything that you feel feel like writing about. It's about your content working for you and bringing people to your website for the things that you want to be found for. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to make sure that your pet business website is not like a doctor or dentist waiting room full of random things um, that aren't linked to your product. Whatever you're writing about, if you can link it back to the product or service you provide, then that's good. That is decent content. If it just feels like it's completely random and it's not really got anything to do with what you do, then it isn't going to be effective content for you. And you might want to stop and have a little think about what you can create that is going to be effective and that's going to bring people to your website to buy your thing or to sign up for your product or service. So that's what we're going to cover today. The first thing I'm going to talk about is how content works. 
Okay, so this is a really kind of basic overview of how Google works. But if you want to learn more on this, there is a really brilliant book by Tim Kitchen Cameron, and it's called How to Get to the Top of Google. And he articulates it much better than me. So if you are looking to work on this, definitely go and get a copy of that book because it's really good. But basically what happens is when we go to Google and we put in our search, Google matches the search with the website that gives the best answer to that question. So for example, I've just been, I have broken the pole that I used to pull down the loft um, ladder. And basically it's, um, we've got an attic and the attic's boarded out and the pole that we need to use, the pole that we basically use to open the ladder has broken. So I've gone to Google and I've Googled pole to pull down loft ladder. And it's taken me to lots of different pages. One of them is like Screwfix. One of them is uh, Amazon, of course. And we've got eBay. And we've got lots of different places that sell poles that will help me pull down my loft ladder. So what happens is, you know, we go to Google with a problem. We put this search into Google and then Google will give us an answer. So what I would love for you to do, what I'd love for you to think about is what is it that people would go to Google and put in when it comes to your product? So when we're thinking about our content, what we need it to do is it, we need it to relate to the search term that people are putting into Google. So those search terms, those keywords, what are people going to put in to find you? Now, at the moment, I'm doing my Get Your Pet Business Found on Google course with Rosie Robinson, and we're talking lots about this. So one of the tasks last week, for example, was about thinking about these search terms, writing them down, and then what we do is we think about content ideas that we can build around them. If you want to find out more about the course, just send me a direct message. It is going live at the moment, but you can obviously go and buy it and watch the replays, um, or you can come and do it in November when we run it again. So what we do is we create content that we want to be found for. Um, so let's say if we're a dog walker in Newcastle, I know I use this example all the time, but it's just handy to use. We're a dog walker in Newcastle. If we have some content on our website about how to brush your dog's teeth, let's think about this. People aren't gonna search for how to brush your dog's teeth if they're looking for a dog walker in Newcastle, are they? So while it might be nice to put useful information on your website, we've got to remember that if, you know, if you've got the time, then yeah, write about how to brush your dog's teeth if you're a dog walker. It's hel helpful information, your clients might find it useful. But if we're creating content that, where we want to get found on Google, if we're creating effective content that's going to bring customers to our website, writing about cleaning your dog's teeth if you're a dog walker isn't going to be doing that, is it? So one of the things I hear all the time when I talk to people about blogging is I don't have the time to do it. I can't, I'm too busy, I can't make the time to do it. So if you are going to take that time to blog and if you are really busy and you only have a limited amount of time to do it, then do make sure that what you're writing about is effective and it's going to serve you well. And you're not just writing random things that haven't got anything really to do with your business. Um, Another thing you can do as well is you can use your content to explain processes that you have. So I was chatting to one of my clients earlier this week, she's a dog trainer, and she was talking about one of the one of the challenges that she has with her dog training clients is that they will turn up for classes and they don't have the things that they need. So even though she sends them emails telling them what to bring um, and lots of other kind of reminders and stuff, they don't bring the things that they need. So what she could do is write a blog post about what to bring to your dog training session or your puppy training class. And and that's going to be really helpful content. It's going to help her get found on Google, but it's also going to be really helpful functional content that she can send out to her clients before they come along to a class. So think about things like that as well. Use your content to explain processes and systems that you have, and actually that's going to save you time as well um, 
and again that content is going to relate to those search terms that people are using to find you so it's going to serve a lot of different purposes there for you isn't it so that's my kind of intro really uh, we've talked a little bit about how content works um, this podcast is about three steps to an effective content strategy so now i'm going to talk about step one so touched on this already but step one is work out what your keywords are what keywords are people going to put into Google to find you? And I'm going to give you a few examples of um, clients that I work with and the kind of keywords that they use. So one is Michelle from Scruffy Little Terrier. She has a, a brand where she sells products for terrier owners and for terriers. So what do we think people are going to be searching for? If What, do, what does Michelle want to be found for? Well, first of all, she wants to be found for gifts for terrier owners. Um, so she's created lots of content around gifts for terrier owners at Christmas, on Father's Day, on Mother's Day, um, for birthdays, for all kinds of different things. Um, you know, summer products for terrier owners, all kinds of different things like that. You know, birthday gifts for terriers, birthday gifts for terrier owners. So she gets found if people are searching, thinking, oh my gosh, my, my, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever, they love terriers. What can I get them? Gifts for terriers, go to Google, you're gonna find Michelle's content. Now, another example is Nadia from Moo Moo and Bear. So Nadia makes gifts for schnauzers and schnauzer owners. And I always struggle to say schnauzer and I use her as an example load. So I'm just laughing to myself now because I've managed to say it twice without stumbling over it, three times even. So one of the products that Nadia has is this really cool camper van print dog collar. Now, I'm a little bit obsessed with this. Loads of my friends have got camper vans recently, so I keep tagging them in her post saying, oh my God, you've got to get this collar for Barney or for, um, for you know, whatever dog I'm talking about. So she's got this really cool camper van print dog collar. Now, I think if you've got a camper van and you've got a dog, you're going to want to kind of have something dog related and camper van related, aren't you? So she's got a camper van print dog collar and what she could do is write a post about how to care for your camper van print dog collar and then when people are searching for camper van print dog collars they're going to find it aren't they and that's going to be brilliant for her sales brilliant for people discovering her products and learning all about the stuff that she does now if i was a dog walker in newcastle um, i would think that people who people who might need a dog a dog walking in newcastle would be searching for things like dog walker Newcastle or dog walks in Newcastle. They might be searching for dog friendly places in Newcastle or places to walk your puppy in Newcastle, best puppy walks in Newcastle. These are the kind of things that are gonna bring my ideal client to my website. They're gonna help me get on their radar and these are gonna help, these posts are gonna help me rank in Google for dog walker and Newcastle. So that's what you would do if you were a dog walker in Newcastle. You, you might do something like, you know, what to look for in a dog walker in Newcastle, how to find a dog walker in Newcastle, best dog walks in Newcastle, best dog friendly places in Newcastle. And that is going to be going to give people who are looking for a dog walker in Newcastle all the answers that they need and help them find you on Google. Final one is going to be Cat Groomer Liverpool. So I have a cat groomer from Liverpool, Katie, the cat lady in my membership program. She is brilliant at blogging. So go and have a look at her website. It's thecatlady.co.uk and it's cat spelt with a K. Go and have a look at her content because she does this really well. Katie's cat groomer in Liverpool. She writes about, you know, she's done a blog post about a cat owner's guide to Liverpool. That's brilliant, isn't it? Um, so if someone's getting a cat in Liverpool and they go to, you know, cat owner, they go to Google, they, they might search for things to do with your cat in Liverpool, 
that kind of thing, they're going to find Katie. And she's a cat groomer, also training to be a behaviourist. Um, so she's going to be on their radar. They might go and follow her on social media. And then when they're looking for a cat groomer for their cat, they've already found Katie, haven't they? So she's been discovered by the brilliant content that she creates. She's created posts about you know what happens when your cat goes to the groomer what happens if your cat is nervous loads of really effective pieces of content around her topic cat groomer and liverpool so that's the first bit we work out our keywords and then we build content around them um, so when let's again let's think about what our content ideas are if we were michelle um, if we're looking for effective content ideas for michelle's website for scruffy little terrier one great content term might be best bandanas for terriers. Another might be Father's Day gifts for terrier owners. So you would create a post around Father's Day gifts and you can obviously include your own products in there. For, um, for Nadia with her camper van content, she might do a post on how to care for your camper van print dog collar. And that again would help people find her if they were searching for camper van print dog collars. Um, Again, with the best dog walker in, um, you know, with the dog walker in Newcastle, you could create content around best dog walker, best dog walks in Newcastle, um, how to find a dog walker in Newcastle. That's going to really help people discover you. Um, and again, with Katie, we've got how to find a cat groomer for your, how to find a cat, how to find a groomer for your cat in Liverpool, a cat owner's guide to Liverpool, and lots of other um, interesting posts around being a cat owner in Liverpool that's going to help you find Katie. So there's some kind of content ideas that you can be creating around your keywords. Okay, so we've done the first two bits. We've thought of your keywords and then we have thought about some content ideas that you can use with your keywords. Um, so I hope that's given you some ideas and do let me know. Um, you can come and share your content or share your thoughts on this in my free Facebook group or you can actually even come in the Facebook group and share your blog post because every Friday we have a share your stuff post and that's where I invite people to come and share what they've been working on. So if you've listened to this and you've created a blog post around the ideas that I've been talking about, do come and share it. Um, my Facebook group is Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses and I'll link to it in the show notes of this episode. So we've done the first two parts. The final part is to share and repurpose that content that you've created. So we want that content to be seen everywhere. We want more, the more people know about your content, the more it's going to work for you and the more likely it is that people are going to go and visit your website, check you out, see what you're offering, whether it's a product or a service and potentially become customers. So what do we do when um, it comes to sharing our content? Now, I used to be quite guilty of this when I first started with my pet blog. I used to really worry that I was sharing my content too much and that people would find it annoying or people would be like, oh God, what's she doing going on about that again? We've already seen this 25 times. Um, but actually, most people, the only person who sees how much you share your content is you because most of the time people are only seeing a few of your posts. If we think about our Facebook pages, only 1% of the people who follow us will see each post that we put out there. So even if you posted it 100 times, then chances are each follower might only see it once. So it's a quite a quite a staggering statistic that actually, isn't it? Thinking about how little people actually do see what we do. So it's really important to get your content seen everywhere and by as many people as possible. So here, I'm just gonna run through some ways that you can share your content. You can send it out to your email list. You can have it as like a newsletter. So every time you publish a new blog post, you can send an email to your subscribers or your clients and tell them that you've just published a new blog post and explain why they might find it interesting. 
You can obviously share it on your social media channels. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, wherever it is that you share your content or wherever it is you hang out on social media, every time you've created some useful content, go and get it out there. Go and tell your followers and your subscribers um, and your audience about it. The other great way to get your content seen is to go into Facebook groups. So like I just mentioned, I have a sharing thread in my own group. You can go and obviously share it in there um, and get it seen by other pet business owners. Mine's a B2B Facebook group. Um, another thing you can do is go into your local groups. So you can go, let's say if let's say you're a dog walker in Newcastle and there's a group for um, you know Newcastle dog owners. If you shared a really helpful post about the best dog walks in Newcastle, you can go and share it in there or the best, you know, best dog friendly places in Newcastle, go and share it in there. And that's going to be helpful for the other people in that group of Newcastle dog owners. Again, it's putting you on their radar. It's getting you seen. Um, another thing that you can do as well is you can quite often in Facebook groups, in community groups, they have rules where you're not allowed to promo your business. However, if you're sharing your content, that kind of works around those rules and you are still promoting your business, but you're sharing something helpful. And again, you're being seen, people are, people are being made aware of your product or service, and that's going to be really great for you. Um, so think about your Facebook communities that you're in and go and share your content in there. The other thing to do as well is to um, repurpose your content. So let's say like Michelle from Scruffy Little Terrier, she did a lot around National Terrier Day, which happened in March. Um, now, she will have shared the living daylights out of that post when it went live in March. But you can also share your content at other times in the year. So let's say, for example, Michelle's got her, you know, things you know if you've got a terrier post. And let's say, um, I know this happened a few years ago, but let's say Boris Johnson gets a terrier. She could share her things you know if you've got a terrier post at that time when that story is in the news. So she could say, you know, we've just seen that the prime minister has adopted a terrier. And if you're a terrier owner, you'll know, you know, you'll know what it's like being a terrier parent. Let, you know, this is what Boris has let himself in for by adopting Dylan the terrier. So you can share it when appropriate. So when, it, when the topic of your post is in the news, then you can share it. Let's say if Newcastle got voted the most dog-friendly place in, in, the, in the country and I've written a post about dog-friendly places in Newcastle and I'm a dog walker in Newcastle, you can say, isn't it brilliant? Newcastle's been voted the most dog-friendly place in the country. Here's my roundup of the best dog-friendly places you can go to in Newcastle. You can go and share it wherever you want. It's topical. People are going to be interested in it. People can go and check it out. And you also tag all the dog-friendly places you've mentioned in there and they share it. And then you get on the radar of loads of different people. So can you see that this is a much more effective way of using your content than just saying, you know, it's, you know, do you know how to brush your dog's teeth if you're a dog walker in Newcastle? Again, it's really targeted. It's going to get you found for the things that you want to rank for. So I'm going to wrap things up now um, with a little bit of a conclusion. Um, I have, I was going to, I've called this podcast, um, you know, how to, you know, three steps to an effective content strategy for your pet business. I could have called it and I was very tempted to stop writing pointless stuff, but I thought that um, the three steps would be a little bit more searchable and a little bit more, a little bit more welcoming and inviting than stop writing pointless stuff. But I could have called it that because I don't want you to be spending time working really hard on your pet blog or on your content and be writing stuff that isn't really serving you um like one of the things i've just written written about is how to um you know what happens when you have a dna test for your dog for my pet blog now that i don't actually earn money from my pet blog but i use it because it helps me get found by pet business owners um 
Now, I could have written something quite whimsical about, you know, my how I discovered my dog was, you know, three different types of terriers on as the title. But I know more people are going to be searching for how what happens when you have a DNA test for your dog, and that's going to help it get found. So again, when you're thinking about your titles, just think about what purpose is this serving? What will people search for when they're looking for the, the answer that they're going to get in this blog post? Um, so yeah, really important, do make sure that your content that you're spending that time on and working really hard on is effective and it is working for you. And the final thing I'm going to say is if you do want to have a look at someone who's really good at content, got two people who I want you to go and have a look at. The first one is Vicky Gunn. So she's got Millie's Beach Huts and Millie's Pet Services. Beach Huts is obviously a beach hut business. Um, her pet services is a grooming business and pet shop over in Scotland. Go and have a look at Vicky's blog. because She is like, she used to work for the Content Marketing Institute. So she is like on it. She is so, so good. And she's got such brilliant content on there. So if you want some inspiration, whatever business you have, go and have a look at Vicky. She is awesome. She's been on the podcast as well, talking about content marketing and publicity. Um, and actually how her content has led to her getting loads of media opportunities from being in The Telegraph and Forbes to being on BBC TV shows. So go and have a look at Vicky because she is like brilliant at this stuff. I'll link to her in the show notes and I'll also link to her podcast episode if you want to go and check that out. The other person who's really good, who's another, um, she's a client of mine, she's Rowan from Pooch and Pineapple, Rowan Williams, she's a dog photographer, she also does weddings as well actually had a photo shoot with her yesterday um, which I'll be sharing later which I'm really excited about um, and Rowan basically after I'd booked my shoot with her she sent me a blog post with how to prepare your dog for a photo shoot so that was perfect like that's going to get that's going to help her get found on Google, isn't it? As a pet photographer, how do you prepare your dog for a photo shoot? You can find Rowan's content and you may potentially go and book with her. So really effective piece of content there. And obviously I went and had a look at this blog and then I went and had a look at some other blogs that she's written and they're all around what to do if you're having a photo shoot with your dog, how do you prepare, what do you need to bring, really effective content for a dog photographer. So do go and have a look at what she does. Um, and yeah, I hope you found that helpful. Um, I hope you found the examples I've shared helpful. Do go and have a look at their websites as well. I'll link to them all. So we've got Michelle, we've got Nadia, we've got Katie the cat lady, we've got Vicky, we've got Rowan. Go and have a look at what they're doing because that's really going to help you um, spark ideas for your pet business blog. Um, do let me know if you found this podcast helpful. Do come and let me know on social media. I'm at Rachel Spencer on all, uh, sorry, at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms. And you can come and join me on my free Facebook group as well and chat about content and come and share your content in there. So thanks again for tuning in and I will see you on the next episode of the podcast. Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.